Okay, you hear that, my friend? I do not. I hear nothing. Oh, you hear nothing. Well, that's okay, because I can hear it, and that's all that matters. Awesome. <laughs> um, so It's all about you. It, you know what? That is why I like it. <laughs> you're in the you're the guy in the band i just i, I don't i've got nothing going on so it's, you know. <laughs> well let me tell you well i have something going on but it's uh, uh let's just say it's a new project uh, nice. it's uh, it's three it's three parts original and one part new and it's under a new name and it's under the music's a little different so and i'd be happy i'll be happy go ahead the same guys or is it a new all new lineup yeah three of us are the same it's we just had a kind of had a shift in personnel and uh, a shift in what it's, it's you're gonna you're gonna I think I think once uh once you hear the the uh, the new music coming down you're gonna I think you I think you'll be impressed. Uh, oh, you know, and the interesting thing about it is that um, the 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 writing duties have now expanded. So, <laughs> yes, I did, and I'm gonna say that a lot. <laughs> As a noun and a verb. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you're gonna. I think. I think you'll like what you're hearing. Um, not that. Not that. You're, you're hearing my old project. Um, but that is now almost 15 years old. Wow. That, yeah, it's funny how time flies, but we've got we got new music coming down. Uh, we're already working on it. Cool. And some of it, believe it or not, some of it I've written. <laughs> so, um, all right, we're about ready to go into the welcome, everyone, to Thoughts from a Lawnmower with Will Rouser and... This episode is going to be especially, um, it's especially thrilling for me. Uh, I mean, I love, I love all the guests that I've had and I love, I love talking. I just love talking. So (laughs) all the episodes are, are wonderful. But today, this evening, depending on where you are in the country, I am having a discussion with kind of an old friend that I've actually never talked to before other than on text. Um, an old friend of mine by the name of Luke Easter. Uh, some of you may know him as Destroyer of Worlds, Supreme Ruler and all that. But that's okay because uh, I know him as Luke. <laughs> and um, part of the reason why this is uh, thrilling for me is because... Um, he uh, he and I became friends uh, before I knew officially who he was. And um, <clears throat> he let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he's a uh, well, first of all, to get everyone out there in in um, lawnmower land, uh, 
to believe me that I'm actually talking to you, go ahead and say hello to the to the two or three people that actually listen. Uh, Luke. Hello, Lawnmower Land. <laughs> um, Luke is a, a musician. He's a vocalist. Um, I know some people wouldn't consider that a musician, but it is a musician. And um, he's a songwriter. And uh, he was in a band that was very big in Christian circles. And some of you may know that. The band was called Tourniquet. And uh, I actually, that I've, to be totally transparent, and I, I told Luke this in our conversation prior to, uh, to airing, that uh, I didn't really like uh, Tourniquet at all. I didn't like them at all. And then I heard Vanishing Lessons, which was the album that, uh, that was your first album with them. And, uh, yeah. and, um, I was like, okay, I, I can dig this. I can dig this. And then <clears throat> later on, uh, I lost, I lost track of you and I, you know, go on and do my own thing and whatever. And then we got on to this, um, <clears throat> got on this website called Firestream. And uh, some of you in my audience might remember that. But, um, and that's where I connected with, with Luke again. But I didn't realize that it was the same Luke Easter. And uh, so anyway, uh, I want to introduce uh, uh, Luke to you, uh, Luke Easter. And... Um, he has a how many how many solo albums have you done? Just I've the, just done the one. Just the one. Pop well, disaster. I'm holding. Although I don't know why I'm holding this up because uh, we're recording this, and not videoing. <coughs> but I'm holding in my uh, excuse me in my my rough hands here. I'm holding Luke Easter's solo album, The Pop Disaster. And I have to tell you that uh, a mutual friend of ours uh, had reviewed it. And he was raving about it, and he doesn't rave about things off, you know, a lot. But um, who's that? Uh, Scott Ward. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I already, I already figured it was going to be good, but um, Scott has a way of being <laughs> unvarnished. You know, he he says things as he as he thinks. And uh, so when he said that, you know, this was a really, really good album, I had already intended on buying it, but um, with his uh, star-studded approval, <laughs> I was like, you know what, I need to go ahead and get this. And then I actually, I delayed getting it, and uh, I went and, uh, and purchased it. And I have to tell you, uh, I remember you telling me, as I was telling you I was going to buy it, I remember you telling me, now it's not metal. <laughs> it is not metal. It's not metal, and I didn't care about that because you know, good music is good music, and uh, I didn't I didn't want to buy it just because you were who you were, um, but uh, I bought it, and I was very 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 pleased when uh, I put it in and listened to it, and uh, I it's hard for me to pick a favorite. Um, but, uh, 
I would recommend anybody in the audience to get The Pop Disaster by Luke Easter. And uh, uh, the reason why I've glossed over the, the, the tourniquet thing and gone straight to The Pop Disaster is because, well, as I told you in our conversation, when we connected on the fire stream, uh, I saw your name. But I just thought it was a screen name. I didn't think that it was the Luke Easter. I, I know, I know for you that that doesn't doesn't feel like uh, I'm. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your skirt or anything like that. I'm just simply saying that uh, you had a certain you had a certain amount of fame uh, amongst the Christian circles. Uh, I knew at least. Obviously, I knew who you were from that from that project, but um, I just thought it was somebody who put that up as a screen name just because they needed a screen name. So when we interacted on Firestream, we interacted as friends, you know, and um, <clears throat> just like I am with several other the Firestreamers now now on Facebook. And it took me, I think it was like two years ago. I finally asked you on text. I said, "Are you the same Luke Easter?" And you're like, "The one and the <laughs> same." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Really?" Yeah, you didn't know. I didn't. I I I I totally I had totally missed that, um, and I feel pretty good about that because you know I just um, I don't get into the fanboy thing. You know, mm -hmm. I could be if I wanted to be. I, I you know, I, we, we lost Eddie Van Halen recently, and I would definitely be a fanboy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would have definitely been a fanboy if I, but I, I've always, I've always said, you know, if I, if I met some of these people, if I saw them in a restaurant or something, I wouldn't walk up to them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I would leave them alone. I wouldn't take the opportunity to try and get an autograph because they've got to have a life. And I just don't want to be that guy. And I saw a video recently, interestingly enough, saw a video recently where this guy had met Eddie out on the street. I, I he'd been following him, I guess. I don't know, stalking him or whatever. That and he had, creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. And he had um, he had a bunch of vinyls, the the first six albums on vinyl, and he wanted Eddie to sign. And Eddie did graciously sign it. But I, as I was listening to this guy kind of talk to Eddie, he was like, you know, well, um, hey man, do you think you could do, you know? And it's like, and Eddie said, sure, I'll do it, you know. But I don't want to be that guy. I, I just don't want to be that guy. I like, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy. And I, and I, re I realize you're not on the same star stature as that. But Nowhere near it. But at the same time, yeah, I, don't, nowhere near it. I don't think you want to be. Um, uh, I wouldn't mind having his, like, I don't know, his, his studio and <laughs> his cars and his oh, yeah. residuals. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Um but at the same time, uh, I just, I, I, I sometimes wonder if these, and I know I, I, Edward had lots of actual friends, people that he was close to, who weren't, you know, they had been there from the beginning, or they were peers who became his friends, mm -hmm. because they, you know, they were, they were on the same level, you know, that kind of thing. I don't 
want to be, I, I don't like the idea of being someone who, if I can't be a friend with you, then I would just assume, just buy your recordings, you know, like, I, I, I'm actually, believe it or not, I, I'm actually, uh, I'm a big, huge Neil Sean fan from Journey. I'm huge <laughs> Neil Sean fan, and I I remember about a year ago or so I shot him a. There was something he was doing on video, and I shot. I just happened to shoot him because I'm I'm like I got his Facebook page or you know Instagram or something, and I shot him a compliment about something. I was like, man, I I think the best guitar solo you ever did was on your um uh on one of his solo albums. And it was called Urban Angel, and I, I just, I did, I didn't expect a response. I just said, "Man, I think the best solo you ever did was on that song." And about two days later, I got a pop, and Neil had liked my comment. And like, he doesn't know who I am. He's, you know, thousands upon thousands of people compliment him all the time. But the fact that he even saw that and he responded to it, that was just huge for me. You know, and I've sent him a couple of comments. I don't, I don't do it often, but I, every now and then I'll send him a comment. Man, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I'm a friend of Rex Carroll uh, on Facebook, and he and I have had, I've, I've met him a couple of times, and uh, I talk to him every now and then. I, we talk on Messenger, but I don't bother him. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't. Rex's a good guy. Yeah, he is a good he's low, guy. He's he's quiet, um, but he's he's very nice. You know, you get him talking. He's he's a cool guy. Oh, he's he's sweet. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, he came out with uh, an album called Fierce Heart, with a mm-hmm. band called Fierce Heart. I got that, and uh, I I'd heard about that. Uh, I know we're here to talk with you, but I got I got to say this. Um, Back in 1984, there was a magazine called um, Guitar for the Practicing Musician. Was it 1984? Yeah, it was then. Um, it went for for several years. Um, but there was a blurb about Fierce Heart back then. And it said Rex Carroll. But, you know, it was just a little blurb. And I didn't think anything of it. And I didn't hear anything more about the band or anything like that. And then later on, after White Cross came out, and I saw pictures of Rex Carroll, and I saw the picture that was in Guitar for the Practicing Musician. I was like, I wonder if that's the same guy. <laughs> and so I asked him. <laughs> I asked him, I said, are you the same guy that was on Fierce Heart? And he goes, yeah, that was me. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, man, I can't wait until the new Fierce, the new thing comes out. you know." And so as soon as it came out, I bought it. Um, but anyway, okay, so enough about that. <laughs> um, uh, there's a couple of things that I'd like to talk with you about in the short time that I have with you. And uh, since uh, we're both Christians, uh, no, I don't want to talk theology. This isn't, this isn't uh, you know, this isn't uh, James Dobson, you know, <laughs> this isn't... Uh, Thank you know, God. You know, this isn't that. Um this is not, um, oh, I don't know, whoever else, you know, I don't even keep up anymore. But um, this is not focused on the family. That's what I was looking for. 
Uh, I, I've said that numerous times in, in various episodes. You guys got to remember, this is a focus on the family, okay? So, um, but being a Christian musician, uh, I'm sure you and, and, and I myself am one, uh, I'm sure that you've run into the same, probably a higher level, I'm sure you've run into the same um, conflicts that I have uh, regarding being able to produce, you know, having artistic liberty and dealing with a Christian audience hmm. and how to balance that. And, and I'm sure you've, you've probably, you made a comment, uh, uh in our pre-production meeting about, because uh, I told you, because you asked me if I was a Baptist, and I said, no, I'm an Nazarene. And you said, you're a Nazarene with long hair. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't think, you don't see many of those. No, you don't. Well, you do now, believe it or not. And actually, the pastor that I have here at my Nazarene church, he's, uh, he's a bass player. And he okay. does, of course... He, he was a chaplain in the military, so he doesn't have long hair anymore. But he used to. <laughs> he, and I, he and I have definitely connected on, on stuff like that because he used to, he used to play in bands and uh, you know, he used to have long hair. I've actually seen pictures, <laughs> so I know. <laughs> um, so there's evidence. But um, I, 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 the thing that I'm having a hard time uh, I guess resolving is I, 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 and I, I really, really would like your, cause you're, you're much closer. You've been closer to the industry than I have. I am. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm not really, I'm not in the industry at all. Really. This is everything that we've done has been self-produced and, and self-published and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, I've only dealt with a very minuscule, part of the of the of the industry you know i'm, I'm mm -hmm. the, the, the machine yeah I, I i mean i've i've probably just polished the corner of the machine that's all i've ever done and i'm i'm okay with that i'm not i'm not i'm not complaining but uh the, the thing that i find in christian i think first of all i i i don't i'll just say this i've never liked most Christian praise and worship music. I don't like it. No. Um, I find it very, um, and it, and it doesn't have anything to do with the lyrics. Although hearing the same chorus 10,000 times gets a little irritating, but okay. Uh, I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily have a theological problem, but I have a problem with the very limited subject matter of most Christian music, and I have a definite problem with the uh, performance aspect of Christian mm. music, because, well, you you and I'm sure you see it on Facebook all the time. I, I you and I you and I run in the same circles on Facebook, and even though we don't have all the same friends, we've we've all seen it. We the, the, it seems like you've got these. Facebook theologians who just, they seem to know, they seem to think they know everything about 
how we musicians are supposed to do our craft mm-hmm. within the, the confines of, of, uh, of being Christians. And I think they're full of crap, <laughs> to be honest. Well, it gets really limited. I mean, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's all the people that are like, you know, you have to have this many Jesuses per minute and you have to, you know, whatever, you know, all these rules. Um, to your point about, about praise and worship music, I've, I've really never been that big a fan of that, that genre. Um, I don't have a problem so much with the performance aspect of it because that's, that's how you're going to get people in the door and, and get them engaged is if they like the presentation. Um, I'm just more bummed out that it's, it seems to have become a machine. I mean, you have, you know, some of these bigger churches that like just churn out songs. And uh, I was part of a project uh, with a church at one point and a friend of mine was producing it, a guy named Atma Anur. Uh, I know who that is. To, yes, I know yeah. who that is. I don't know him personally. But he but... and I were, no, Atma's killer. Um, we did a demo back back in the day uh, that was really cool. It was, that was one of the first times I was asked to, to sit in with somebody else and, and actually write, which was kind of cool. But uh, he was producing this project and we're in the back of the, the auditorium and the band is running through it. And he says to me, some of these songs would probably re- be really cool if they actually finished them. That's the thing that stuck with me. That was like, a, a ah, yes, I get it now kind of moment. Because they, they put so much effort into the chorus and making sure that the chorus is singable that, you know, any verse or whatever that, that there is, is is pretty much just superfluous. It's just it's just there. It doesn't have to even make sense, really. It just has to get you back to the next chorus so you can sing it a bajillion times and then, you know, listen to somebody do Oceans. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I probably chose my words badly. I, I, when, I, when I said performance, I didn't necessarily mean uh, live. It... I see this dual complaint. On the one hand, I hear people complain about uh, that, you know, I'm sure you've seen it said, um, well, we're not supposed to be, uh, we're supposed to be bringing glory to Jesus. We're not supposed to be up there trying to bring glory to ourselves. So, it, you know, it, it's like a it's like a rock concert. Okay. Oh, you're talking like big church production. Well, yeah, I, I hear that. And then on the other hand, I hear people who, you know, they basically complain about that the music doesn't have any life. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, you need to understand that music is a performance art. Okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know where anybody got the idea that we're supposed to go in and do a mediocre job on on the music. I, and I, I let me give you an example of, of what I mean. All right. Now I'm and I I'm I, I actually do two churches. I I, I do a, a Pentecostal church in the morning. And Oh wow. Yeah. And now but they're they're not traditional Pentecostal. 
Okay. No, no, I, but I mean, but still, that's that's a huge gamut. Yeah, it know, is between Nazarene and, and Pentecostal. It is of, of any stripe. Uh, oddly enough, uh, my my vocalist slash second guitar player is associate pastor out there, and he had asked. There was kind of it was kind of a church plant kind of situation, and um, I was going through a really rough time at at the time. And he calls me up and he says, "Hey, man, I need a bass player." Would you help us? They were meeting in a movie theater, believe it or not. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, sure, I'm not doing anything. And and uh, uh, I went out there, and I didn't expect to be there long, and I ended up moving the guitar. <laughs> you know, after, <laughs> you know, they got it. They, they said, hey, you know. They we'll, get their hooks into you. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, it, I mean, I could have walked away at any time, but I, I, I really enjoy working with them and, and – helping sure. them and stuff like that. And so I got moved to guitar and, uh, I mean, after playing bass for like a year or so, um, and then, uh, and then we've moved out, they moved out of this movie theater and now they, we moved into a, to a storefront. And then from the storefront, we actually had the guy who owned the storefront built a building for us to move into. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. But um, I do I do first service. They have two services. I do the first service, and the first service, um, the, the our praise and worship leader is an older guy, but he's he's a he's more he comes from the uh, deep purple, uh, yes, bread that that kind of era. So you know, mm-hmm. and he's he's he was a solo he was a solo player for a long time. And then, and just so you know, my my son plays drums with us. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. He's a really good drummer. Um, but so uh, we do we do we do the 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 some of the canon, I guess you know some of the typical. We've done. You mentioned oceans. We've done that. But uh, and then we do a lot of uh, our praise and worship ministers original tunes. He'll write songs. And that's I, great. Yeah, it is good. There it, needs to be more of that. Yes, I and that that's kind of what I want. That's kind of what I'm going to is that, that there there needs to be more people being allowed to to write and to you know and and these are songs. These are not just these are these are songs with an intro, a verse, a chorus, a bridge, you know, guitar solos. Not not they don't all have guitar solos in it, but I mean th- these are things that you know, that we do, and uh, uh, some of them are kind of Crosby, Stills, and Nashy, and, and, but, but, I mean, they're, at least they're songs, and they're original tunes, you know, and they're all about Jesus, they're, you know, they're praise and worship tunes, but they are original, and even when we play the other tunes, the other songs, uh, they, um, we don't do them like the record, or we don't do I say record. We don't do them like the recording. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm dating myself. We don't do them like the recording. A record's a record. Yeah, I mean, I know that an album. You know, and um, if it's been recorded, it's a record. That's right. I agree. Um, so anyway, one of the things that um, you know we get them, and of course, our praise and worship leader has to take the song. He says, you know. I can't sing it in that key, so we're gonna do it and say we're gonna do it in G uh, instead of A. So 
it's it tends to be very guitaristic you know what i'm saying in the sense mm-hmm. that you know i don't i don't i don't run a marshall or anything like i have a marshall but i don't run a marshall or anything like that and i don't play out of context and i don't play too so loud you know we guitar players we all all we want to do is play loud <laughs> but um only um, thing louder is a keyboard player <laughs> um but the thing is is that um i get a chance to be who I am as a musician in that situation. Mm-hmm. And, but there are a lot of churches that wouldn't allow that because then it would be like, oh, all you're trying to do is bring glory to yourself. No, I'm trying to use my gift at my, be- I'm trying to be my best. I'm trying to, you know, why is it that the world, there was a situation back when I was in the youth group. Um, we used to go to these, uh, used to go to these youth retreats, and I was playing. I had taken a boombox with me, uh, again dating myself. I had taken a boombox with me, and I had. This was uh, Ozzy Osbourne's uh, "Bark at the Moon" had come out, and I love Jakey e. Lee. Jakey e. Lee is, is one of my favorite guitar players. And I was listening to that, and we had one, you know, that was one of the big men on campus kind of guys. You know, all the girls loved him. All the guys wanted to be him. He was super Mr. Christian and this, that, and the other. He comes to me, he's like, um, what you got playing there? And I said, I got Ozzy playing. He goes, and, you know, you hear all the girls go, ooh, Ozzy Osbourne, ooh. And, um, you know, all the good Christian girls, right? All the ones that were chased until they were married, right? You know, all the all the uh, all the boys were, you know, they didn't do whatever because they were Christians. And but stuff that I didn't do, but I was bad because I listened to Ozzy Osbourne. And he mm-hmm. he says to me, he goes, um, "Well, why don't you listen to some good Christian rock music?" And and I was like, "You mean like Petra?" He goes, "Yeah, I like that." I said, "Because there is none." I, 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 this, this, this was before Striper. This was before White Cross. Um, I said, there is none. There, there's, you know, most, and, and no, no offense to, no offense to Petra, um, but their music sounded like, I, if I were to A, B their music with Ozzy's music or Van Halen's music or, there was no comparison. I, sure. I I didn't care. But they were good. I mean, I I like some of the early Petra stuff, but I, I hear you. I I would I would rather listen to Bark at the Moon than Not of This World. And uh, oddly enough, it's funny you bring that because that was that was the big album of Petra at that time. And I actually do mm-hmm. like that out. Al- I do like that album, but it it didn't it didn't satisfy me musically. Sure. Like Bark the Moon. So I guess what I'm saying is that um, uh, as I've gone way out in left field here, getting uh, off track a little bit. But I, I just I think that the quality, uh, the, the reason why I was I brought that up, if I can stop stuttering, <laughs> is that why is it that the world cared about quality and the body doesn't care about quality? Your album, your album is about quality. 
Your music is about quality. I could hear your performance. I could hear the songwriting. I could hear that you put thought. There was, you know, uh, I told, I shared, because I, I, you know, I bought two copies by mistake. And you were going to refund me. And I was like, no, 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 I'll just give it. I gave it to my daughter and I let my daughter hear it. And she goes, you know, this sounds kind of like Bon Jovi. And I said to her, I said, you know what's funny? Is that is exactly what Luke told me. That's exactly what Luke told me that, that it was probably closer to. And that's cool. I mean, that's, that's great. Excuse me. Bon Jovi obviously cares about the quality of his product. Or he used to anyway. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if you've heard his new album. Uh, I have. I shouldn't say that. That's he's gone in a different direction, and it doesn't interest me anymore. I, 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 I shouldn't say that there's a lack of quality. Uh, well, that's and he that's puts fair. a lot of he puts a lot of work into into his stuff. It just doesn't resonate with me anymore. Uh, I'm gonna wet my whistle here. Um, Don't worry, folks. It's Strawberry Fanta. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but I hear what you're saying. I, I'm hearing what you're saying, and 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 I guess my my whole issue is uh, I'll, I'll I'll I want to get to another subject, so I'm going to try and wrap up this little part of the discussion uh, that I've done most of the talking. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I remember there was a there was you speak of the Nazarene Church. I had a I was when I was learning guitar, one of the one of the pieces that I actually did learn all the way through was Diary of a Madman by Ozzy Osbourne. Mm. And you know that acoustic intro, that great haunting acoustic intro. And I had actually learned how to play it. And I mean play it right. I'd learned how to play it. Uh, I'm a little rusty right now, but I could probably do it if with a little practice. Um but I was doing that in church one day prior to service. I was in there. Uh, this was back, I was probably about 20, 1920, somewhere around in there. And it was at Church of Nazarene. And uh, one of the one of my uh, peers, one of the female peers had come in, and she, she heard me playing that, and she goes, that's really pretty. What is that? <laughs> that's really cool. It's, it's pretty. What is that? And as soon as I said that was Diary of a Madman by Ozzy Osbourne, the howls of protest. I can't believe that you would play that in this sanctuary. I, I mean, it went from, wow, that's really pretty, to I, it's a good thing we didn't have any tar or feathers, <laughs> you know. And I just, I could I have a friend that started playing the intro to Stairway in, in a church service. <laughs> it was a more more quiet, reflective moment, you know, where it's just instrumental, and it he ran out of stuff to play, so he started dee 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 dee, you know, the the whole lead up to it. I'll uh, I, I did this at another church that I was that I had attended for a while. Um, uh, I was it was it was a real small church. Uh, and so our praise and worship leader played acoustic guitar and sang, and I played twelve string. And I was we were we were kind of real real casual, so we you know starting at six o'clock was kind of a suggestion, you know. So I'm sitting up there, and I'm I'm like yeah, I'm, I'd I'd play some chords or whatever. And I started playing, I started playing Freebird. Just 
I, I started playing the intro to Freebird just to see if anybody would notice. Everybody was yakking and talking and laughing, whatever. And I just Nobody start... should ever play Freebird. <laughs> Sorry for my sacrilege, but I did it. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I played it. I started playing it, and, just, and I kept playing it just, and it was real quiet, but I kept playing it just to see if anybody would notice. And there was one guy, one of my friends, who just happened to, all of a sudden, his, his ears perked up, and he was, he was older than me, and uh, uh, he, his ears perked up. And the first thing he did is he took out, he took out his phone, and it had a lighter application on it, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and I said, somebody finally got it so i had to, i probably played it like five or six times before somebody finally understood you know and i did that on purpose because well it was funny but uh you know i the thing is what's funny is that i named off those songs i named off bark at the moon i named off uh diary of a madman i named off uh we named off stairway we named off freebird and those songs they have a life of their own. Mm-hmm. And I don't find, I know some people are going to disagree with this, but I really don't find that in the Christian music realm. I really but don't. I think it's coming from different approaches though. Um, you know, like, like going back to what you're saying with, you know, stacking up Petra versus Ozzy. Um, they were coming from, from different you know, points of view. I mean, for a long time, church music was literally that. It was just church music. It was hymns. It was, you know, worship songs. And then at some point, you know, the whole counterculture thing happens and, and people start forming bands. But even then, I think, you know, speaking in generalities, uh, it was the, the artistic aspect of it was secondary. The... The, the, proselyte, the proselytizing part was what got the emphasis. So you get these songs that are, you know, musical tracts, if you, you know, if right, you will, or right. you know, little, little three minute sermonettes. And, you know, then you, you figure out, you know, oh, these guys know how to play guitar. They can just do it. So while on the one hand, you've got, you know, the, the mainstream market where, especially in the seventies and the eighties, there was a lot more money, so there was a lot more room to grow and develop and, and, and be artistic within, you know, a certain lane. Um, there wasn't that as much, especially in the early days of, of Christian music. And by the time it started to, you know, catch up and kind of explode, um, you know, the, the lines had been drawn. Secular music is this, and Christian music is this, and if you don't do right. this then there's a, there's obviously something wrong with you. Um, and it's like the Bible. I mean, you can tell somebody, oh, I've got this great book. You should check it out. It's got, um, it's got blood and violence. It's got sex. It's got, you know, this really cool, you know, spiritual thing going on. People are like, oh, that's awesome. I want to read that here. Here's a Bible. You know, most people don't think of it that way. Right. The Bible's got everything in it. So if you're, if you're writing songs if, or if you're doing anything creative and you're a Christian to limit yourself to just this one thing is uh, it's disingenuous because I mean, you, you look, 
look at Genesis. I mean, what, how does the whole thing open? In the beginning, God created. Right. You know, and, and if we're supposedly made in the image of God, and what we're supposed to do is, is not just revere and worship and honor him, but we're also to, uh, at some level, emulate what he does to model him for the world at large and hopefully draw them to him, then shouldn't we be creating? You right. Know? And whether you're a musician, whether you're in business, whatever it is, you should be innovating, creating, working, trying to do something right. uh, that at least for, for, for your capabilities is as amazing as, as you can do. So I think that that started to shift a little bit in the 90s uh, and into the 2000s. And you started having some of these bands that would come out that you know, yeah, they were believers and yeah, they were trying to honor God with, you know, their abilities, but they weren't, you know, a preaching band or they, you know, they, they were a little bit more esoteric, a little bit more poetic in their presentation. And I, I think that it's, I think both those divides are still in play, but I think the side that is, is purely like, this is what, you know, kingdom music is has gone more in the direction of, you know, let's do worship music. And I think the more creatives have found uh, inroads into more of the mainstream market. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm generalizing, but that's right. how it, it looks to me. But speaking for myself, when I wrote the Pop Disaster, um, well, not even just with the Pop Disaster, even when I was with that band, I never sat down and wrote a song and said, okay, I have to write a Christian song. You know, I just tried to write a song, you know, I tried to, I tried to make it mean something, you know, have, have something, you know, weighty at the, at the center of it to, to give it some depth. But beyond that, it's just, um, you just write what's in, what's in your head, what's in your heart. I'm a big believer in the idea that if you are a Christ follower or, or whatever you believe, that's going to show up in in your art. I agree. I agree yeah. with that. And and uh, I want to I want to <clears throat> I want to cap this part off because there is something I want in the short amount of time that I have remaining with you. I want to talk about. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. But before we do, uh, one of the things that that I think that you hit on, uh, and I want to kind of keep this as coherent as possible in my mind, if not for yours, um, is the idea that I don't you 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 one of the things that that uh, in in the new project that I'm getting ready to do because uh, obviously you know my old project was Jesus Joshua twenty four fifteen and so obviously we're a Christian band okay I mean there's you know, there's... You've got Jesus in the name. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jesus is in the name. Uh, I mean, there's a scripture. I mean, you you can't... I remember one time, the first time we actually played as a band, I overheard a conversation by two, I'll say older ladies, who said, one of them said, what was the name of that band? And the other one said, Jesus, Joshua, 2415. And I remember distinctly hearing her say, well, at least you know where they stand. And... <laughs> That's absolutely true. I mean, it was all through the Bible. So we didn't really do a whole lot of preaching from the stage. You know, sure. I mean, because it, it, you know, like the old Aerosmith song, let the music do the talking. 
Exactly. But, you know, but at the same time, when we started this new project and we were talk in, in talks about, because we basically retired the other project, um, I, I one of the things that that I was asked was how do I want to envision? Well, how would I envision the new band? And one of the things that I said was, look. There's no question that I'm a Christian, and I was saying that the the person that asked me that was my band leader, and he was obviously he's a Christian himself, so it wasn't it wasn't that I was telling him something he didn't know, but I was saying, look, as a Christian, that's not going to change. You know, I'm not going to go singing lyrics about my genitals or your genitals or you know, you know, you know. Stuff like that, but so I mean, uh, very clearly, my faith is going to influence whatever I write about, you know. But I also don't understand why we have to be so narrow. And I don't know someone would hear that and go, "Oh, you're calling writing about Jesus as narrow?" Yeah, I am. It um, is. It, 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 it is because a lot of people they they look at salvation that that's that's the destination and that's not salvation is the jumping off point right and if you're so locked in that all you can talk about is that moment then i i don't doubt your faith i don't doubt that you love god but i i question whether or not you're really getting it because you should be able to to start plugging that into every aspect of life you know and and that's not to put down anybody that does, you know, very evangelistic, uh, you know, music. There's there's bands that are really good at that, and they still manage to make an artistic statement and create, you know, something that uh, is a, a statement of faith. You know, like uh, I, I like to say that art can be polemic, but art shouldn't be polemic. You know, right, right, you right. Set out to, yeah, I, I'm going to write this song to make this statement. Well, if you do that, you've just undercut any artistic credibility you have because now you're trying to shoehorn something into something artistic, as opposed to I wrote this thing and, and it really helped me get out what I was trying to say and I was able to make a statement. Right, right, and, and this part. that's that's kind of what I'm going is that 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 I was uh, as I was giving my my dissertation as I was given my, uh, as I was given my, uh, uh, opinion on it. I was like, look, I don't have a problem writing about Jesus, but I, there's so many other things that I want to write about. I want to write, why can't Christians write about love? Why can't Christians write about sex? Why can't Christians write about, um, politics? Uh, and that's the jumping off point that I want to go to, but uh, just a second. Why can't Christians write about um, sadness? Why can't we write about fun things? You know, one of the things that, um, you know, obviously we've been celebrating Van Halen since he passed away. And one of the things that I've noted, I've always noticed about, I've known this about the music, they were very much a party band. Everything was mm -hmm. about having a good time. And, and why can't Christians write about having a good time? And I don't mean a good time at a revival. I mean, uh, why can't we have a good time? Why can't we have? Uh, why can't we write songs about getting together and playing music loud and and 
and celebrating why can't we why can't we write songs from about those perspectives why can't we write it seems to me that a faith that says that requires us to confess to one another our sins i i don't want to do that i i don't i don't want to do that i i, I don't want to why would i want to confess something to and i believe me i'm i'm the first to defend the christian faith i know you've seen some of my posts on on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, and and from uh, from Firestream, you know, you know, I, I can do all that, but uh, I there's just some things I don't want to share with certain people in my in my faith group because uh, they're so lo- I, I I I don't I don't want to care I don't want to have uh, what's what am I looking for I don't have the stigma. I mean, yeah. I get it. If I'm doing something wrong, yes, I need to be corrected. You know, that that's biblical. But at the same time, you know, we all have we all have things we deal with that we just can't talk about to cert- with certain people because we can't trust them. Right. And and venue means everything. I mean, you you again, you look at Jesus, you know, okay, he had the multitudes. And then in those multitudes, he had a, a bigger group. He had, you know, people that would follow him around. And then you went in a little tighter and you have, you know, the Marys and all of them. And then you go in a little tighter and it's the 12. But even in that 12, he had the two. Right. You know, he always had James or well, three, Peter, James and John. Right. You know, and I'm sure that, I mean, obviously, you know, Christ was sinless. Um, so I'm not saying that he had, you know, he had stuff to confess but there there he still modeled out that uh that that structure of of having accountability and having it be concentric you have the ones closest to you and then you go a little wider out that they still know you well but they don't know all the stuff that the inner circle knows right you know the farther out you get you i'll i'll use like, like myself for example you know yes i was in a band and we made records and we played all over the world. And, you know, that, that's awesome. That, that was, that, that I, I don't regret a minute of it. I, I'm so, I feel so blessed that I got to do that. I wouldn't be talking with you if I hadn't done that. That's true. But there's people all over the world who, to some degree, know who I am. And even though they know that, you know, that projection of me because of the image from band or what they, you know, pull from you know youtube or you know listening to records they don't know me that well but then you bring it in a little tighter and there's people like you and people like scott ward whom i've never met but i've known you guys for years and we've got a rapport and we've got a relationship and you know scott's called me out on things before when he thought i was you know heavy-handed in something i posted i've you know i've given him crap before when i thought he was you know out of line um, and you know, even with that, we still don't know each other that well. And then you just keep bringing it in closer and closer. It, it's as much about, uh, walking out your faith, but it's also reputation, you know? And so all of that comes together to, uh, now I'm losing my train of thought. Um, <laughs> that's okay. But, 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 but all of that comes together to, to, it, it, it's all the totality of, of who you are, you know, and, and 
everybody knows everybody in different ways, but there's got to be that integrity, that three point where you're walking out what you say because you need to do it for yourself because that's between you and God, but it also uh, it impacts everybody in, in your in your world. Well, with that, Does that makes sense. Yes, it makes sense, and it actually helps because I said there was a there was kind of a transition point. I want to go because you and I there's there's something that that you and I both tend to agree on. Uh, as a matter of fact, I can't think of anything that where you and I have had a dispute or a difference in, and that is on the political. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. before we do that, uh-huh. you, you can cut, right? Yeah. Okay. I need 20 seconds. Uh, hey, you go ahead and do what you got to do. And folks, we're back after just a short break. Um, and <clears throat> so I, I remember the point I was trying to make before I got all, okay. you know, lost in my thoughts. Go ahead. Um, going back to what you were talking about, you know, why can't we, why can't I write about this? Why can't I write about that? How come I can only write this one thing if I'm a Christian? Um, and that's kind of the point that I was trying to make before I lost my train of thought. Um, we, we, we should be able to, to talk about whatever we want, you know, because it's, it should all be, uh, be colored by and, and infused with w- what we believe and who we believe in. So if you're a Christian and you're talking about politics or talking about sex or talking about, you know, having a good time or, or you know, any of these other things that, that, that music can be about, that should be fair game. Um, because if you, if you've got your, your act together in terms of, of your walk, then that's going to come through in, in your music. You know, I, I know a lot of, of other artists, uh, who, you know, cut their teeth in the CCM world who are, are happy as clams, not being part of that industry anymore, because one of them put it really well, he, he wants to color with more than one color crayon, you know? Right. And, you know, so like with my record, you know, it's kind of across the board. I mean, you know, topically there's, there's not anything that's specifically Christian, but I feel confident in saying that the, the subject matter that's on there is presented from a Christian perspective. Right. And that even if you had no idea who I was or what I believe, you would pick up on uh, maybe some of that, that optimism, some of that, that hopefulness that, that I think is, is built in and crafted into the song. Well, so. yeah, I, I think, and, and that, again, uh, that allows me to shift gears a little bit. Um, and that's well put. Um that's going to allow me to shift gears. And I know I don't have a whole lot more time with you, so I want to kind of go, go with this. Um, yeah. And, and that is, um, <clears throat> you live in California. I have family in California. Yes, sir. I was, I was born in California. My, my parents were from the Bay area. Uh, uh, I was born in the summer of love. Well, actually it's September, but, um, 1967. Close enough. Yeah, 1967. My dad, uh, who passed away a couple years ago, but he was a Vietnam vet. Um, two tours, and uh, that's whereabouts in the Bay. Um, my 
mother was from San Leandro. Okay. And my father was from San Lorenzo. Okay. And I realized that they're not right close to each other, and I realized the Bay Area is, you know, is not... It, you know, it, it's that's a big area. <laughs> so, it is. you know, it, it's a big area. So when you say the Bay area, you know, it's, it's pretty much San Francisco. Um, yeah, but, uh, and I have family in Sacramento and stuff like that. And I, I am glad that my dad set roots here. I mean, it took the army to move him, but, uh, he when he got here he was like yeah uh, I'm not going back there. Because where are you in the Carolinas or you're in Kentucky? I am in North Carolina. Okay. I am in I'm in Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, right next to Fort Bragg. Uh, I know there's. Do you get Fort... snow there? Huh? Do Do we get snow? You guys get snow there? We do, but. Um, our, our particular area, we'll get snow. Most of the time when everybody else gets snow, we get freezing rain and slush. Um, and, but even when we get snow, it doesn't last very long. It, it really has to be bad in order for snow to... Um, now, yeah, now, I think that was more my... If you get snow, it doesn't stick. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really... It's not, like, it's not like Kentucky. Heck, it's not like... Uh, my wife's from Asheville, which is on the western part of the state it's closer to tennessee and of course it's in the mountains so uh mm-hmm. you know they get snow a lot more but um yeah we get snow but <laughs> we're i don't know if you've seen the memes on facebook but it's like you know uh i don't know say uh virginia dc will get snow and everybody, oh, cool. We get snow. All of a sudden, we see a snowflake, and all of a sudden, oh, we need to hoard some water. You know? Uh, you yeah. Know? Uh, because, it, it, and literally, uh, people do not know how to drive in snow here. At least not in this part in where I'm at. Because I actually live in a, we, we live in a basin, and for some reason, cities within an hour, hour and a half of us, they'll get snow, and it'll be really bad. But we just get the the freezing rain, and the, I don't know what it is. It's, it's something about the temperature or something like that. I don't know. But Raleigh, which is an hour north of us, will get snow, and they'll get caked with it. Wilmington, which is about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes away, they're close to the coast. They're going to get snow, and they'll get caked with it. Charlotte's three hours away. They're going to get snow, and they'll get caked with it. We will get we'll get snow, and then twelve hours later, it's melted. I mean, if we get snow, you know, it's just, it's really weird. Right. But anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm watching uh, your governor destroy your state. And I realize well, you can't give them all the credit. No, I they've know. Been, they've been working at destroying it for a long time. Yes, that's true. I mean, Jerry Brown and, and, uh, even to some extent, I, I'm I'm disappointed in Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, He's a rhino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And um, 
Uh, I don't think I, I think there was you had one really really good Republican governor after, after Reagan. Uh, but I mean, it, it you know the state is and and <clears throat> we're I'm trying to connect this in the short amount of time that I now have with you. I'm trying to connect this this whole thing because you know I've I've seen your ire. Uh, both you and I have posted some, <laughs> we're kind of, we're expressing our ire and our disdain for a lot of the stuff, not, not, you know, the whole, the, the whole mishandling personally, I think of the, the COVID-19 panic and the, um, or that's helped create the panic, um, the, uh, the 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 overreach i was real proud of john MacArthur standing up oh heck yeah and and i mean i i i've had plenty of things that i've disagreed with MacArthur on um mainly because i'm not a calvinist <laughs> but uh uh but that's 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 minor but there have been things, but I'll tell you what, I was glad to see him at the tip of the spear. I was glad to see him yep. st- not, not, and he, 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 he made it public. And I think that he just, he was doing the right thing. And I'm thinking more of us need to be doing that exact same thing. More of us need to be doing that stuff because I knew when this, this whole thing started, um, when this whole thing started, you know, all the churches were like, you know, we care about, uh, you know, we care about our neighbors, we care about our our cities and stuff like that. So you know what, we're gonna, we're in good faith, we're gonna, we're gonna comply with this because well, it made sense. Yes, because the it, bait and switch hadn't happened yet. Right. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Right. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. We're totally with you on that. Yeah, we're 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 trying to we're trying to we're not trying to be, um, so. Uh, rigid, that we can't work with people. Okay, that's fine. But I knew something. Something in the back of my. I had a red alert back here. Uh, little Star Trek reference. Uh, I had a. Um, I had a. Uh, I had a red alert. Something was telling me that it's not going to end with that, because, and I've heard it. I've heard it since analyzed since then that. Uh, they they took advantage of our good faith. They took advantage of us, and once these once these certain individuals, and I'll I'll say it right now, Gavin Newsom is one, is one of them. Cuomo's another. Um, Murphy in in New Jersey is another. Whitmer in mm-hmm. in Michigan. Um, I mean, and uh, uh, what Spritzer or Spitzer in um, Spritzker? Yeah, that's right. In, in 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 Illinois. All these guys, they got they got a hold of this little bit of power, and they exploited it. And they're, I, I I'm gonna uh, something I was listening to today, and I was I purposely saved this and made a note of it because I knew I was gonna be interviewing you or talking with you, and um, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh today and. He had a guest host on because he's doing his uh, cancer treatment, and um, so anyway, uh, this is what 
uh, guest host Ken, Ken Matthews said, he goes, the mask is a compliance test. It's a test to see who will follow without pushing back. And I was like, I, I gotta, I, I've got to write that down because, and, and talk to Luke about that because that is a very concise way of putting what you and what I and what others have been saying out loud for quite a while now because this is not this is no longer about and I'm not just talking about covid I'm I'm really trying to talk about politics 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 mm-hmm. politics I'm really trying to talk about that because I see you and me and several others I I think you are one of the louder ones of the group but because uh, I see a lot of stuff that, obviously I see a lot of stuff you post and I'm like uh, you're you're pushing back is what you're doing you're pushing back and that's what a lot of us need to be doing but a lot of Christians I know some and they're of good faith who are kind of like well but you know uh the uh the the virus does exist yes it exists and you know do we really want to risk someone's life to being right and and that same um gaslighting is being mm-hmm. that same that, that's what it is is gaslighting that same gaslighting is being used it's it's been used on us going into this election it's being used on us now mm-hmm. you know, um and Gavin Newsom is one of those guys who is openly he, he's he's such a freaking hypocrite he is such a hypocrite and i don't understand why I don't understand how in the world the the state of California. I know you didn't personally vote for him. Oh no. You know. No. But there's obviously enough people in California who are uh willfully blind that they're going to vote for these people. And it, it, there's no there's no conservative. There's no even. I'd even take. I'd even take a quasi conservative. I, you know, yeah. So I, I, you know, someone who's. I mean, the, center left. The, the upshot is, I mean, it, in this most recent election, there's a lot of just within the state. There's a lot of blue seats that flip to red. Um, which even if I didn't, you know, lean more conservative. I would still probably think is a good thing because I don't think one party system benefits anybody. And that's basically what California has been for quite a while. It's, it's a one party supermajority with a few stragglers that they just haven't been able to squeeze out yet. But, but it, I don't think it's ever going to necessarily, you know, change back to what it was, you know, uh, pre nineties. I mean, in, in the 80s, California was a little bit more centrist. You know, it's it's really the last 20, 25 years that it's gotten really, really 
politically in, become a monoculture. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. it. You know, you hear people on the, you know, the, the, the left side of things <clears throat> talking about how if you vote conservative, you're voting against, against your best interests. I don't understand how they can come up with that because to me, everything that we vote for or, or most of the things that get shoved through in California tend to be against everybody's best interests and only benefit a really small vocal minority. Um, but I mean, there are bright spots. I mean, uh, California legislature passed AB5 last year that was going to basically outlaw all contract work. Right. That went down in flames. Yep, it was sure you know, a ballot initiative that passed. Um, another little glimmer of hope. I mean, you talk about Gavin being a, a hypocrite. I mean, nobody's kids are allowed to go to school. His kids' private school is open and they're in school. Yep. But, uh, you know, we've got a... Uh, two state legislators, two state reps, uh, Kevin Kiley and James Gallagher, and they sued the governor and then they've been successful. It's probably going to be appealed, but the judge has uh, ruled that he's not allowed to issue any more executive orders uh, that pertain to statutes. He's no longer allowed to, to write law. Um, and it, he'll, he'll probably appeal it. I have a feeling it's going to wind up in the state Supreme Court. But uh, the precedent has already been set. And it's not just a state precedent. It's the same thing that got uh, Whitmer's orders thrown out in Michigan. Uh, it's the same thing that, uh, that reigned in um, Wolf in Pennsylvania, that they've exceeded their powers and they're exerting unconstitutional authority at the state level and U.S. Constitution level. And so they, their powers need to be reined in. So it's a little ray of light there. But, you know, it, California sucks. I want to get out of here. But <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if or when that'll happen. Um, we did it once before. My wife and I had moved to Texas for a while. Um, and we got homesick and moved back. But, I mean, this, this is home. This is where we're both from. Right. But I don't recognize it anymore. And I don't like it. And I agree with you. The whole COVID thing has been. It... Well, it, it's, it's, it's very clearly been, it's, it's been a, it's been a pretext for uh, over, government overreach. Exactly. It, the two things can be true at the same time. There is a virus and it's, it's deadly, but that's, same time it's been weaponized and used for political gains i mean newsom said at the beginning of it that this is a, a a perfect opportunity to uh to push towards a more progressive way of governing which progressive is in my opinion is just code for authoritarian nonsense i agree and 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 um um I want to give you, uh, I'd like to, because I'm, I'm going to, ordinarily my, my podcasts tend to go about two, two and a half hours, but I want to give you the last word because I, I know your time is valuable and I appreciate the time that you've given me. Um, Thanks for having me. And, on, this and is great I, to actually speak to you, you know, yeah, face to face. Yeah. I know? mean, I'm, I'm, I've thoroughly been looking forward to this um, and there's so much that I could, 
talk with you about, and I hope that you will come back again. I, I hope that we can have, totally. have another discussion. Um, and, uh, but, uh, so I'd like to give you the, the kind of the final word on this. Uh, one of the things that, that, you know, we talked about the, the, the reconciling being Christian and, and being an artist. Uh, we didn't solve anything, but we, <laughs> we talked about it. Um, we said a lot of words. Yeah, we said a lot of words, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm good at that. <laughs> um, uh, but I also want to, the one thing that I have noticed, and I, I, I follow a guy, I'm sure you've seen some of my posts. Uh, I follow a guy by the name of A.D. Robles that mm-hmm. um, he uh, he's really been... Uh, He's been really calling out the woke church, and I'm, I've really, really liked his stuff. Um, and I don't agree 100% with some of it, but those are peripheral issues. Sure. But, uh, but I, I applaud him for calling it out and calling it out well. And uh, one of the things that I've had a, a difficult time with understanding is some of my fellow Christians who say that, you know, that this is the mantra. Okay. It doesn't matter who's president. Jesus is on the throne. Okay. Yeah, but Jesus wasn't on the ballot. Okay. And, right. and number two, um, we don't elect the Prince of peace, you know, that has nothing to do with that. You know, the fact that Jesus is on the throne, and I know some people are going to hear this, and they're going to be like, oh, you know, they're, they're immediately, they're going to go into a frothy frenzy. But I, I'm really tired of hearing that. I'm tired of hearing people say, well, just remember, Jesus is on the throne. It doesn't matter who gets elected. Jesus is on the throne. Well, and I, I'm, I don't know if you saw my post not too long ago where I said, you know, well, you know, Jesus was on the throne when the Bolsheviks revolted. And mm-hmm. Jesus was on the throne when Hitler, you know, uh, instituted his final solution and six million Jews were killed. And Jesus was on the throne when Pol Pot, you know, uh, did his purges and... and uh, and, and I could go on and on and on. And, and Jesus was on the throne when Venezuela, um, you know, went socialist. And Jesus is on the throne right now while the Uyghurs are being sent to concentration camps and being sold for, uh, you know, uh, their organ, being organ harvested in China. When you say that, well, it doesn't matter who's pre- who gets elected, Jesus is on the throne. You are essentially telling me that you're not going to involve yourself in the process to prevent that stuff going on. Because there's a lot of people who have believed that that stuff's not going to happen here. And so you're going to sit back and you go, well, you know, I know Jesus is in control. God is in control. God's on the throne. He's going to... Yes, he is. Praise God. He is on the throne. 
all right? And nothing is going to take God by surprise. You're right, okay? But to use that as an excuse to abdicate your responsibility to be informed, to know what you're voting for, to know who you're voting for, or heck, to even vote, or to get in part of the process, to me, that's lame. To me, that is... Uh, you're basically saying that you just... You, you want somebody else to do your work for you. A am I wrong? Am I wrong in feeling that way? I, I don't think you're wrong. Um... I think people people are uncomfortable with with risk. Taking a stand oftentimes comes with a lot of risk, and so I think I, I don't want to sound condescending or or you know judgmental going back the other way, um, but I think that they let themselves think that by staying out of it, so to speak, that they're living out the whole, you know, in the world, but not of the world thing. Right. I look at it as being more along the line, you know, the parable, you know, the, uh, the, the rich guy pulls in his three servants and, you know, here, here's, here's a, here's a buck, here's five bucks, here's 10 bucks, go make me some money. Right. And they, they all run off. And the first one comes back. He's like, hey, you gave me a buck. I brought you back five. You're like, that's awesome. Give me that. That's, that's great. Go do it again. The next guy comes in. Hey, I took your five and I made it 20. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, go go do it again. And the next guy comes in. He's like, what'd you do? Well, you gave me that 10. And I know that you can be really mad when things don't go right. And so I was afraid to do anything with it. So I just put it in a hole and it's, it's still there. And, you know, dude gets tossed out, you know, you, you're, for, you know, for not doing his job. And I, I think that that's a more applicable perspective in terms of, of Christians and politics. Now, I don't care what end of the spectrum you're on. You live here and therefore, and you have agency, therefore you have an obligation to be involved at some level. I believe it, voting isn't just a right, it's a responsibility. And being informed about issues and having a perspective, hopefully a, a, a Christ-centered perspective on those issues is essential. Um, but especially, I mean, in, in terms of, of the, you know, the recent presidential uh, election, um, you know, it, it basically we were, our choices were the, the brightest and best of the bottom of the barrel, you know, uh, Biden is corrupt and senile and arguably he is the problem because he's been in, you know, in politics almost 50 years and he's just created this, this mess that we're living in. But then on the other end, you've got, you know, Trump who is, you know, he's repulsive. He, he's got a big mouth. He's, he's got a huge ego and he, you know, He's just not a nice guy, but between the two, I would much rather have a Donald Trump than a Joe Biden. Because, uh, you know, back to, you know, like you were saying, we don't elect the Prince of Peace. I'm not 
hiring a pastor. Right. I'm not hiring a spiritual leader. Right. I'm hiring somebody who can get the job done right. and who respects uh, the law and respects our history and wants to uh, wants to create a situation where there's a rising tide because a rising tide raises all, all boats. boats right. Know, right. Let's all boats. Um, and I just don't see that, you know, on, on the, the, the left side of the equation, you know, I mean, at this point, it looks like, you know, it's a done deal and that it's going to be Biden. And so we'll have to, you know, figure out how to navigate that, um, and trust God that, you know, I mean, that, that that's the other component to it is, you know, we can make our plans, but God's got a bigger plan. And okay, this didn't work out the way that, that we may have wanted it to, but that's where the faith component comes in of saying, okay, this didn't go the way I wanted it to, and I can let myself get really stressed out or angry or whatever about it, or I can just accept it and trust that, that God knows what he's doing and that this is going to work out. Well, I guess I guess where, um, and I said I was going to wrap this up, so... Um, I, I guess uh, what my problem is, is that, and I, I mentioned this to another friend, I was like, you know, it, I, I knew, I, I fully expected the left to cheat. I fully expected that. I mean, that's, that's in their, that's in their DNA. I, I expected them to cheat. Okay. But my problem is that was so close that the cheating was enabled to, you know, it would have been different if it had been a freaking landslide, even with the cheating. Right. You know, there, there would be no doubt, but the fact that at least half of our population, and I'm not really, well, I won't say half. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, maybe 40% of the population if I factor in the fraud. 40% of the population alleged fraud. Uh, alleged <laughs> fraud. Okay, fine. Um, fine, because I... Okay, true. I don't have any evidence. In devil's fraud. advocate. Yeah, that's Playing fine. De- Got to play devil's advocate. That's fine. That's fine. That's fair. Um, uh, but... The fact that we got that close, uh, you mentioned you mentioned um, you mentioned G- Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania. There was one, there was another governor that I didn't mention in my in my dirty dozen, <laughs> and that's uh, uh-huh. that's the governor of Virginia. Um, yeah, Northam. Yeah, Northam, right? And I remember back. back was it last it was in 19 when the when the people were going to protest because you know he was they were going to have the protest in richmond because of the the gun legislation that that northam was proposing and you know people were legitimately up in arms about it no pun intended people were uh up uh, you know legitimately angry about that and but i i posted on, I posted a comment. I said, yeah, I, you guys should be angry about this, but this is what I don't get. You guys voted for this guy. Mm-hmm. You guys voted for this guy. The majority of Virginians voted for this guy. And I'm sure some of you who voted for him were 
uh, Second Amendment advocates. What did you not understand about, because liberals will tell you who they are. They... Yeah, but to be fair, though, too, I mean, he, yes, he was a Democrat, and yes, he was, you know, liberal-leaning, but he didn't really show his true colors until his party had gains in the, the midterms. That's when he was like, oh, cool, now I can do all this other stuff right. that I didn't tell you about. Right, but that's, that's, that's kind of my point. My point is that it's like when, I remember when Obama was running, okay, and I was like, I was listening to what he was saying, and I was paying attention to, and I was like, this guy, he, he's firmly in the camp of socialized medicine, and I knew he was going to push that. I, he was also firmly in the camp of raising taxes. I mean, these people were telling us, it, it, Joe Biden, yeah. Joe Biden told us exactly who he was when he spoke coherently. Um, he told us that. So yes, that one time. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, that one time. Well, he even he even he even told us who he was. He, he told it on video about uh, putting pressure on the, Ukra the Ukrainians to fire that prosecutor who yeah. was looking into his son. He, he said that on video yeah. there's it's not alleged he said that it it for all the world to yeah. see and um the, the thing is and and uh beto o'rourke you know when he said he said if you'll pardon the expression he said hell yes we'll take your guns yeah okay he he said again, that. I, he, he said it but I, I, I think i see where you're going back to what you were saying, like with the fraud and whatnot, we don't know how much, you know, large scale fraud. Um, I don't see things flipping. I don't see us not having Biden as, as president. I don't either, to be honest. I do, I do think though, that if nothing else, this is exposing the fact that there is corruption within the electoral system. Um, and to be fair, it's probably on both sides. Just one side is, is a lot more aggressive about uh, how they do it. Um, but it also is opening people's eyes to the, to the realities of the constitutional construct that we live under. Uh, it, you know, before we started rolling, uh, I had mentioned that Trump you know, had a, a, a success in court today, and that's in Pennsylvania. And it's, it's all because their secretary of, of state or, or of the Commonwealth, whatever it is there, right. um, violated the U.S. Constitution and their state constitution right. when she started switching up deadlines, you know, and nobody pushed back when, when, they, when it happened. But now that it's, you know, so close, and that the margin has shifted so radically overnight, seemingly, to Biden, it's being contested. And so now those votes are being you know, pulled out because there's likely going to at least be a recount, if not uh, uh, a full audit in Pennsylvania, which it, it, I don't see how it would erase the, you know, the lead that Biden has entirely, but it's going to rein it in a lot. 
but it, it that was that happened in Pennsylvania. Wisconsin did something similar. Uh, Michigan did things that aren't legal. Uh, part of Gavin Newsom was sued by by Gallagher and Riley, and part of how they won is because he did the same thing. Thing that he his pride got the better of him, and he's like, "Dude, I'm totally in charge because you know we have this pandemic, and I've granted myself full you know plenary power. I can do whatever I want." And so he he's the one who said California is going to have full mail in in voting. That's illegal. And so when he figured out that that was going to bite him, he punted and told the legislature, hey, I need you to rubber stamp that because that'll make this go away. So they rubber stamped it. The judge said that that doesn't change the fact that you broke the law. It just means that they did their job, but you broke the law first. So now we're going to rein you in because you've shown that you have no regard for the law. So I think between that and then scaling all the way up to the, the presidential election, I think people are going to be a lot more cognizant of that sort of thing. Whether it has any effect, we'll have to see because, you know, there's so many things in play. I mean, with, with Georgia, if those races don't, don't work out in the, in the GOP's favor, Biden can run the table and, and we, might, we might not even recognize this place in another four years. You know, God willing, that's not going to happen and there will still be some checks and balances. You know, I mean, I, I didn't vote for Trump the first time. You know, I, I couldn't bring myself to vote for either of them. I only voted for him this time because I was just so repulsed by the idea of of a scared, senile old man uh, who was afraid to come out of his bunker and, and campaign winning. You know, so if it if it were to flip, I would be fine with that. But I'm not holding my breath for it. But regardless of what happens, you know, back to what you're saying about, you know, God is on the throne. That's the thing that that as believers we have to hold on to, you know. Well, it, I just so just it, so you it know, didn't go our way. It looks scary, but God is on the throne. Well, just just so you know, I I'm not I'm certainly not trying to uh I'm not trying to dismiss with a with a wave of my hand uh the that uh, I'm not trying to pay lip service to the fact sure. that that God is on the throne. As believers, we know that. No, we no, know, I, 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 wanted, I didn't think that that's what you were doing at all. You know, but uh, I'm not trying to be flippant, and, and to anybody who might be listening, who might think that I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to put more importance <clears throat> on American politics than kingdom business. That's that's not what I mean. I understand that that God that that Jesus kingdom is not of this world and he's not you know he's not subject to you know we as as AD Robles says is look you know um we can't control what's in this world but we can control how we respond to it we how we exactly. you know as Christians you know we 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 can still obey God it might it might be it might be uh you know God's God's laws are are simple they may be they may be difficult to, uh, they may be, they may create, yeah, to live out, but they're not, they're not hard to understand and they're yeah. not, they're not hard. They're not difficult. And you know, we're, we're called to obey Christ above all that. I, I get that. I understand that. And I agree with it. But my problem is that saying 
people who say, and, and a lot, I, I've noted that it's a lot of Americans who said this, um, okay. you know, and I love my countrymen. I love my country. Okay. I'm not foolish enough to put my country over the kingdom. I'm not doing that. But at the same time, I think it's foolish to simply disregard the business. Uh, you, you, your, your illustration of the 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 uh, the parable of the talents is is totally apropos for for this discussion because the 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 each servant was not in control of what the master is going to react. They were in control of what they were given. Exactly. They were in control. Okay. And the wicked servant is the one who said, well, you know, uh, you know, I knew that you would be upset. And so I just didn't do anything. So, but here's your money back. I didn't steal it. Well, that's great. You didn't steal it, but you didn't do what I told you to do with it. Okay. And what I, you know, what you've been trained to do, you didn't do your job. And I think that a lot of the people who are saying, well, just remember God is on the throne are the same, are that wicked servant. I think a lot, I won't say all of them, but I'll, I'll say a lot of them fall under that category because you're simply saying, well, I just, you know, I won't involve myself. I won't, I'm not going to get mad at, at what's going on. Why aren't you going to get mad? Because you know, anger sometimes is a good motivator to get things done. I mean, this country was founded on anger, righteous anger, mm-hmm. you know, and g- getting rid of the scourge of slavery was only enabled when people got angry enough to actually go to war over it. Yeah. And. <clears throat> I, you know, I have a friend, and I, we're going to wrap it up with this because I could just talk to you. I, I, I mean, this this is my first <laughs> first face to face conversation with you, and I I feel I could talk to you for hours, and I would if you let me. But um, so uh, but I have a friend of mine, um, <coughs> a friend that I've never met face to face. He lives in Africa. He lives in Cameroon, Africa. He, went, he, he sent me a text uh, the other day. Uh, it was late at night, and I was a, a, half asleep, so I told him I was, it, was, you know, it was like 1.30 in the morning, and I said, dude, I'm, I'm asleep. But anyway, so he contacted me the next day, and he told me that he had just gotten beat up. He had taken a shortcut to church. He has to walk to church, okay? He had taken a shortcut, and the military captured caught him and interrogated him looking for some rebels and they beat him up they beat him up really bad that's his life he lives there in a one room apartment with three siblings his parents are dead he lives in an apartment with three siblings and he the last job he had he got dismissed because he couldn't pay the bribe he had to pay and there were literally places that they will hire you 
but you have to pay the supervisor a bribe. And when I say a bribe, I'm talking up to 75% of your pay just to work. Okay? And he dreams. He wants to get his education. He's trying to get his education. He has no money. He's trying to get his education so that he can come to the United States. And I told him, dude, you'd be a better American than some of my countrymen. Because none of the problems that we have here compare to that kind of stuff. That happens all over Africa. It, it, it happens there. And this guy is doing his best. I mean, he's literally, he'll, he'll, he'll text me and I'm like, dude, I, I wish I could help you. I, I, I don't, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'll talk to you. And he's like, you give me hope. I'm like, all I've done is talk. He says, but that gives me hope. How you and I don't know what that's like. I mean, no. we've had troubles. No. I, I'm not trying to diminish any troubles you may have had or and any troubles. No. No. But, no. but 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 yeah, I our mean, country, there. You know, we're very soft. You know, well, we're. It's not only that we're soft, but I mean, we don't have. You know, I don't have to pay a bribe to have my job. You know. Well, you do if you're in a union. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But I mean, but I'm not in a union. But um, uh, it, my my, I guess my issue is that hearing and listening to him talk and tell me this stuff makes me grateful that I live in this country. Flaws yeah. and all, flaws and all. But you know what? I'm afraid. Because that country didn't get like that. It's corrupt. It's yeah. got a corrupt leadership. It's got corrupt military. It's it's. It, I mean, even your, their neighbors are corrupt. I, I mean, it's 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 just so that he wants to come to the United States. I don't know too many people here in the United States for all their complaining, who want to go to Haiti. Or who want to go and live in Cameroon, Africa, or who want to go live in uh, uh, Outer Mongolia, or you know, I, I don't know too many people that want to go, or, or Venezuela. I don't know too many people that want to go leave here and go there, and I'm afraid that many of us, and there are Christians included in this, who are voting. And ultimately, one day, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next year, it may not be 10 years from now, but ultimately, our country is going to end up just like that. And it's going to because... A long enough timeline, yeah, it, it's going it, it, to. That's it, just reality. And, and the, the problem is, and the reason why it's going to be like that is because people who... They're, they're going to vote that stuff in. They're going to think they're doing good. They're going to think they're, you know, uh, oh, yeah, you know, we got higher taxes, but at least we don't have to hear that loud mouth anymore. Or, right. you know, or, you know, well, um, you know, yeah, there, there's going to be reparations uh, for uh, slavery, re reparations for slavery, uh, so, 
and then they're going to turn right around and go, gee, why is our taxes going up so high? Yeah. And yeah. they just, it, it just burns me that, 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 that my fellow countrymen, people who grown freaking adults, you know, it, 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 they're, they're going to, they're going to allow it to, ha- they're going to allow that stuff to happen. But again, and I'll, I'll just, I'll wrap up with this. We have our flaws. We have our problems. We have things that we still need to sort out, but it says a lot about a country when it's, it's grown to a point and is, as it's successful as enough as it is that people have nothing better to do than turn inward and start trying to tear it down. You know, I agree. Uh, for all of our flaws, for all of our shortcomings, for all of our um, uh, collective historical sins, we're still the place that, you know, is a, a shining city on a hill. We're still the place that, everybody looks to and says, well, if I could just move there, I'd have a shot. Everything would get better. But yet the people that live here, not all of them, but there's a, a, a percentage, a very vocal percentage who just want to take a giant dump all over this country and tear it all down and remake it into some sort of, you know, socialist utopia. Problem is, is that socialism leads to communism, and communism doesn't work. Right. At least that's the way I see it. Well, with that, Luke, um, uh, like you to, we're going to wrap this up. I'd like you to hang on for just a minute after we stop. Sure. Stop taping, but uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming. Thanks for having me on and joining me on Thoughts from a Lawnmower with Will Rouser. And uh, I hope we can do this again. Totally. Um, so with that, uh, folks, uh, I, I give you uh, Luke Easter, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Cross the Lawnmower. Take care. Bye.